is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. It's 12.04 and um, it's the first Mystery Hour in two weeks, which means your opportunity to fill your boots with knowledge, illumination, elucidation, and even a degree of education is, is upon us, but I can't call it weekly at the moment, given that Santa Javid rode roughshod over our best laid plans this time last week. The way it works, if you're not familiar with the future, is actually incredibly simple and rather dull sounding, but the reality of it is anything but dull. It is in fact the only week, the only hour of the week in which I am routinely prepared to offer a guarantee of at least one laugh out loud moment. Yeah. All right, I guarantee one laugh out loud moment. 0345 is the number you need if you have a question to which you are desperate to discover the answer. Um, and, and that is pretty much it, actually. The, the, the way it works is not dissimilar to newspaper and magazine features, except this is live, immediate and profoundly interactive. Try not to be boring, um, pot kettle. I generally, or certainly in the olden days, didn't like questions about motoring, although as I age, I find them possibly less dull than I used to do. You know the boring. If it's really, really obvious, then we've almost certainly done it to death before, and stroke, or um, a question to which you can't imagine anybody else being particularly interested in the answer. 0345 is the number that you need. Um, Vivek is in Slough to start us off. Vivek, question or answer? Uh, it's, a, it's a question, James. Good yes. afternoon. Hello. Uh, what is the difference between a concerto, a symphony and a sonata? The sonata is, a, is it not just a piece for one piano? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Oh, I thought you knew something, no. but not everything. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You're I, on I the right show. Music and I thought a man of your... Kaliba. Kaliba, yes. Yeah, it's an alcohol-free lager, isn't it? I am. Yeah, um, like well, I, I, no, I don't know, mate. Oh, you're very kind to think I might. I, I could have a crack at a sonata because I just think of the sonatas what I know, and they're all piano solos. I think. I right. think of my uh, Alfred Brendel is keeping me company on the journeys into work at the moment, and and his uh, Mozart sonatas are beautiful. But a concerto and a symphony, I don't know the difference. I shall find out for you. Thank you very much. No, that's a lovely question. Thank you, Vivek. 12.07 is the time. 03456060973 is the number you need if you can explain the difference between a concerto, a symphony, and a sonata. Um, and don't be put off if you think your question is a little bit weird. As long as it's interesting, we will almost certainly love it. James is in Shoreditch. James, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Carry on. Uh, do we feel the pain more when it's cold? Do we, or why do, do we? Do, well, I mean, what would you rather? Well, if, I, 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 if I say do we, you'll just say yes and cut me off. <laughs> well, then you could uh, say no. why do, because no, I wouldn't cut you off. No, I'd, no, I'd never no, dream no. of doing something so brutal <laughs> and so undeserved. What, what I mean right. is, 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 are we working well, from an established premise? I, th I think we do. Right. I hit myself with a hammer recently. That was a bit silly. Um, well, you did, you could, did you vote for Brexit as well? <laughs> well, it makes a change from hitting it against a brick wall, doesn't it? <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> uh, uh, it was in a cold room, and I thought that hurts more than... I, I recognise what you describe. I think it hurts yeah. more when it's cold. But maybe... It, yeah. I mean, so that, this is a nice question. It might be physiognomy, or it might be a trick of the mind. A trick of the mind, look into my eyes. It might well, not have anything... But it does. I, I recognise what you describe. Playing rugby in the cold, was scarier yeah. than playing it on a nice warm autumn day. 
exactly. Yeah. Do you know when I started playing rugby, James? Have you got a minute? You might like this. When I, I st- to you, of course I have. When, yeah, I, yeah. when I started playing rugby, they used to have sheep and cows grazing on our pitches. I thought you were going to say bladders. You, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> and I will never forget. And they made us wear shorts. And I'll never forget, it was so cold that the cow pats had frozen solid. And we used to hurl them at each other like frisbees. And one kid got caught on the thigh by a frisbeed frozen cow pat. And he got cut so badly they had to take him to hospital. And to this day, James, to this yeah. day, I have wondered how Matron explained that in A&E. <laughs> Could you imagine having to say, here's an eight-year-old boy with a severely lacerated thigh... How was it caused? By a frozen cow pat. A frozen well, cow pat, man. Stranger things have happened. Str- well, yeah, our parents are paying thousands of pounds a term to send us to that school. I shall find out, but I, the reason I mention it is because I just associate that period of my life with pain. Um, and the one teacher who used to shout at us whenever we got it, it isn't, it's only pain, it doesn't really hurt. Uh, do we feel, why do we feel the pain more in the cold? What is the difference between those three musical opuses? Uh, 12.09 is the time. Liam is in Oxford. Liam, question or answer? I've got a question, James. Carry on. Uh, when you stop to the end of the film and you see the credits roll, yes. which I don't know if people do it anymore, but we used to do it, you know, stay there to the very end. But you see uh, Best Boy. Best Boy, yes, you do. Yeah. What, what does Best Boy do? Ah, I like that. I think I know, but I'm not going to go definitive. I think I think it's a is it an, a camera assistant or someone in charge of t- t- winding up the um, cables and stuff like that. But I'm not going to I'm not going to take that as a full answer. Are you I think, it? Well, gaffer as well. You used to get gaffer on yeah. there as well, didn't you? And key key grip. Rostrum camera was always Ken Morse. You were like me. You used to love watching the credits, didn't you? Massive nerd. I, I don't know why. Why was that? I think, and then very, very, very occasionally, if you stayed in the cinema, there'd be a little pleasant surprise at the end. Oh, the end, yeah. Some little yeah. outtakes. Or so. I shall find out for you. What does the best boy do on a film set? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. John's in Northwood. John, question or answer? Uh, good morning, James. An answer. Carry on, John. Um, it's the musical one. The difference between a concerto, a sonata. And a symphony. Oh, yes. A sonata is a piece that is typically played for one instrument, usually, but doesn't have to be the piano. Yes. Um, So a famous example would be the Moonlight Sonata by Mm -hmm. Beethoven, which is very well known um, and extremely Mm -hmm. difficult at the end. Yes. There's a nice, it's got three movements in it, but basically it's a piece for one instrument, although it can be another instrument accompanied by the piano. You can have a sonata for violin and piano. Oh, okay. A symphony. A symphony is a work composed for the whole orchestra. Right. With just the whole orchestra plays violins, timpani, strings, brass, everything. The whole shebang, um, the whole nine that yards. May have, that may typically have three or more movements. Timpani. But unfinished. Symphony only had two. Yeah. But it's a symphony because it's a work for the whole orchestra. Got you. A, a concerto yes. is an instrument, is a piece for one instrument and accompanied by an orchestra. Um, the Rachmaninoff Number no. 2 concerto for piano, um, uh, that was used f- on the film Brief Encounter. Um, it was also covered by Eric Carmen for the pop song All By Myself. That's an example of a piano concerto, but you could have concerto for flute and harp. So a concerto is a soloist plus orchestra, a symphony is orchestra, and a sonata is soloist or soloist plus accompanist. 
plus a plus a piano, but primarily the one instrument for a sonata, um, and the symphony is just the whole lot. You've nailed it, man. What are your qualifications? I'm a pianist. Um, I'm studying for grade six. Um, uh, I have also been a member of a choir, so you know. Oh, I'm just lovely. Keen when did you start playing the piano? Um, as a boy, oh. um, then abandoned it for about uh, 30 odd years yes. and then started it up again. I've always had a piano in the house. Um, my late I... mum was a, was a pianist and organist. Uh, oh, lovely. Uh, she died, but I kept the piano. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things of, you were, you were going to get round to one day and you actually did. Yeah, I, I, I love just, that. just working at it because it's something I love doing. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, well, it's, uh, do a round of applause as well. Good luck with your continuing studies. 12.13 is the time. Great regrets of my life. I have absolutely no musical or artistic talent. It's not the only regrets of my life, and it's not the only talents I lack, but I would love to be able to sit down and tickle the old ivories. You know, you see people at the station doing it. Do you see that? Have you seen that? Where well, they've got the pianos at the stations now. Oh, dear. I used to be... Oh, God, I told you a few times what a ridiculous child I was. I taught myself to play Take On Me by Aha on the piano. That was, that was the peak of my musical career. Ben's in Leeds. Ben, you better interrupt me because I've, I've, I've started talking gibberish again. I would love to play the piano as well if it makes you feel any better. Well, we could be like a duet or something, couldn't we? Like hinge and bracket. <laughs> uh, question or answer? Question or answer, Ben? I have a question, please. Yes. I would like to know why in the United Kingdom do we no longer have National Days of Mourning? When, did we, when was the last one? Um, unofficially, I think we had one when Princess Diana passed. But unofficially, well, I mean, we'd have to lose someone of sufficient stature. I, I mean, we don't have a Churchill or a, if Her Majesty were to pass away, would we have a day of mourning then? Well, that's that would, would have false forms part of the question. I it does because well, well, I don't want to be thinking in terms of. Go on. Um, in, in tragedies in other countries, they will have two or three days of national mourning, whereas we have no no recognised days, do we? Still? Do they still yeah, do? I still. mean, they commemorate tragedies with a day of national mourning. So are, are you sure? I mean, I'm sure they do. I just can't off the top of my head think of any examples. I can't off the top of my head. <laughs> You've put me in the situation. No, I know. Yeah, well, it's, sure not as embarrassing as, it's not as embarrassing as humming fur release. Well, after someone mentioned the Moonlight Sonata, because I always get those two pieces of piano music mixed up in my mind. So, you know, I, I, I'm winning the embarrassing stakes this quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but I sure Hopefully do. We'll stay that way. I presume, uh, at risk of being morbid or, or glib, I presume that we actually haven't lost anybody of sufficient significance in recent memory, and that if we were to lose the Queen, we would have some sort of day of mourning. But I don't know, Ben, so I, I need to put it on the board, don't I? Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It is 12.15. Uh, you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. And the tune, What I Hummed, was not the Moonlight Sonata. This is LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. 18 minutes after 12. Uh, bullying allegations levelled at Pretty Patel on the front page of the Times today remind me that it's one of the topics that came up in my conversation with the former speaker, John Burko, which is available as a free podcast um, wherever you download your podcast, the Global Player app being my favourite method. Um, but full disclosure, my um, full-length interview series of podcasts. Um, John Burko is this week's guest. 19 minutes after 12 is the time. I've got a real mental block. So, so Moonlight Snart is on that goes... I just don't, I, I don't know why I bother. I couldn't get a tune out of her. 
kazoo. Steve's in fin- Finden in f- Finden in Northamptonshire. Steve, quite Finden, 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 Finden in Po. Question Everyone or answer? Question or Question, answer? Sir. Carry on, sir. Uh, got up the other morning. This is not a car question, honest, mate. Yeah. But the uh, windscreen of my car needed scraping because it was icy. Yes. But all the windows of the houses in the street that I live in, none yeah. of them did. Yes. What's the difference? Well, the people in the houses. Well, uh, what would the difference they've got that, in, Well, they've got insulation, haven't they? And they might have had the heating on. Yeah, well, this was uh, six in the morning, so I think when I'm getting up... Uh, no, I know, uh, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the, wall, the house has retained the heat from yesterday. It's well insulated. I mean, the sh- I mean, Steve, mate, you put me in a slightly embarrassing position because it's very hard for me to answer your question without casting aspersions upon the intelligence of your question. The, the, the reason why the car froze and the house didn't, Stephen, is because the car was colder than what the house was. I, I still, yeah, did, but they, they're both cold through the night. You know, the, the windows yeah, don't you, all right, through the so, night. Okay, are you married? Do you mind me asking? No, 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 no. Are you on your own? Yes. You got a dog? No, oh. just on your own. Just yeah. on your own. Well, I don't know if it would work with one person, but if you slept in the car, when you woke up in the morning, the windows wouldn't be frozen. Have to try it. Well, no, don't, because you might catch your death. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It, I, I do understand the question, but it is impossible yeah. to answer without, at some point, saying, "Well, the car froze because it's colder than the house." So the house is insulated. The heating yeah. will have been on in the day. The bricks would have retained some. So very simply, you if you have you got double glazing? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Well, there. Have you got but double again, glazing in your car? Uh, well, it's no, no right round of applause for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so get double glazing in your car and ring me back. Twenty-one after twelve. Obviously, when I cast aspersions upon the intelligence of a question, it is ordinarily a precursor to somebody ringing in and pointing out that actually I am the mug in this piece. So stay tuned for that. Andy's in Kilkenny. Andy, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Carry on, Andy. Best boy. Thank you. Um, well. Uh, in my youth, I, I used to have a, 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 a sort of part-time or occasional job with a small film company. Oh yeah, and my job my job was a grip. Or, um, That's right. That's another had, one you see on the credits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was a dolly grip, which means I was the boy who who would push the camera along the track if there was a, a tracking shot. Oh yes, of course. Um, and uh, grips are, are people that to do with rigging and scenery and stuff like that. But the best boy is the gaffer's um, uh, assistant. That's what I right. thought, but didn't say. Yeah, I mentioned the, the gaffer. Ga- the gaffer is the is the electrician, the chief electrician. So the best boy is the assistant to the chief electrician. Yes. Qualifications used to be a grip. Used to be a grip. Round of applause for Andy. Beautifully. Thank done. you very much. No, thank you very much. <laughs> Shall we? Uh, what is it? Twenty-two minutes after twelve. Should we take a musical interlude to remind ourselves of what the Moonlight Sonata actually sounds like after I managed to badly hum for release instead? Okay. Do you reckon they'd give me a gig on Classic FM if I asked nicely? Oh, is the mic on? Oh, Lord. I didn't mean that for public consumption. That's, no, stop it now. It's, it's, I like the mournful bit. Do you reckon I could get a little go on Classic? I'd be, love that. I'd love that. Oh, it'd be glorious. 23 minutes after 12 is the time. Joe is in Chessington. Joe, question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. Why are TVs not round? Pardon? <laughs> Why are televisions not round? I, presume, I, I think, I think... Binoculars, glasses, 
I, telescope. Yeah, but they're not. They're things you look through, mate. Not things you look at. So, so why is it all round then? Because our field of vision is rectangular. Is it? Yeah. Our eyes aren't, right? What? No, our eyes aren't rectangular. Very good point, Joe. I, I can't. I cannot argue with you on this occasion. But but the, the, that's got that. Our field of vision is rectangular. Yeah, how, how do you know? Well, <laughs> I just, I just do. <laughs> well, hang oh, on. Can you get a bespoke round TV? I, I, well, I mean, I'm not the man to ask. You'd probably be better off in Argos, but I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you probably could, but but all of the programmes are made. Uh, maybe it's because film is is rectangular. So you recorded you recorded it on film. Maybe you could have a round one now because everything's digital. But when it was all recorded on film, you'd put you'd shine a light through a square bit of film and to project it onto a screen. I don't know. I don't know. It's a better question than I realised. This. Do you like it? I like it. I'm looking forward to the answer. <laughs> you might not get one, but I, I if you do, I'm looking forward to it too. Why are televisions always rectangular? I like it. Thank you, Joe. And can Joe get a round one? If we get a correct answer to the question, I might throw in that as a supplementary. 03456060973. Um, I've done the cars freezing, but if I've made a fool of myself, then do fill your boots and ring in. Um, do we have national days of mourning anymore? Why do we feel the pain more keenly in the cold? And I think we've done everything else. We've done the musical ones, haven't we? Uh, and the rectangular telly. I like that. I love the ones where the more you think about it, the more interesting it gets. I like to think that I make radio like that, but I appreciate that some days perhaps I don't. Simon is in Littlehampton. Simon, question or answer? Uh, hi, James. Last question. Yes. Um, police cars. Yes. They have giant, giant numbers on the roof. They do. Now, I guess from helicopters and looking down the, you know... So do buses. Other, uh, other vehicles could follow them and be in location. But I was just wondering if the numbers represent different constabularies, like Hampshire Police, Sussex Police, Kent Police, etc. Why? Why what? Why are you wondering that? Well, Why have you got plans? Police cars, uh, nothing yet. <laughs> you, cause can, <laughs> I, I, can I run I'm, something by you, Simon? On. Did you ring in to ask why they have numbers on the roofs of police cars and realise the answer while you were on hold and then change it slightly when you actually got on air? No. Promise? Yeah. All right. How else can you change that? they got numbers on the roof. No, no, I know, I know, but, but I thought you were going to ask me why. What are the big numbers on the roofs of well, police yeah, cars? No. no, indeed. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. What? what why are they? What is? Well, they're identifying. That's to identify the cars. If you're doing it from a camera or, or a copter, isn't it? Yeah, I assume so. And then but, you thought, well, I can't ask that. It's obvious now, so I'm going to but ask. Hang on, but when, yeah. but when a police officer rings in and goes, "Ah, oh, James, the reason for the numbers are." Well, you think there's going to be another reason than identifying the cars from above? <laughs> yeah, but what is the identification? What what denotes the? Well, it's, isn't it the same one, two, as the? Um, it's the same as the as the thing of me as the the registration number, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Well, we've gone off on a weird tangent here. I shall leave the question on the board for anybody who wants to answer it. Uh, but I think the buses, because if you're in a building, you can see the top of buses, and and they, I think they just have a bit of the registration number on the top of it, don't they? Anyway, who knows? Uh, Twenty-seven minutes after twelve is the time. Jack, what do you mean the cheese question has been disqualified? 
I don't, we never had a cheese question. Oh dear, it's all a bit surreal today. Maybe play another record. Should we play another sonata? We got, um, what's, what's the other good one that I like? It'll come to me in a minute. Jamie's in Kingsland. Jamie, question or answer? Question, please, Jamie. Carry on, Jamie. Um, so, people from Australia are generally known as Australian. People from England are known as English. Scotland, Scottish, France, French. Why are people from Holland known as Dutch? Because it's Deutsch. So, we thought they were German. <laughs> They said Deutsch, Dutch. I'm pretty sure this is correct. It sounds it sounds like a funny one, but I think mm. it, I think because European countries are relatively modern concepts in, in a lot of what we take as traditional now is relatively recent in the great scheme of things. And I I think that we had a kind of generic term for Northern Europe. I, mm. I'm not. It's not coming, mate. But I'll it just put seems, it, I'll, to be, seems to be the same with every other country. It's not though. It's, no, it's not though, is it? Because it's, I mean, because that's English. These are English names. It's not. Of course, of course. But why do we? Why, so we why say. We oh, let me think of another. We say Kiwi for a New Zealander. Does that count? Or would you say no? We call them a New Zealander because you, no one calls them a Hollander. They're always Dutch. No, exactly. But they don't call. Exactly. I mean, Holland, Holland. It's the Netherlands. Netherlands. The Netherlands. So yeah. du- I, I'm pretty sure Dutch, as an English description of a person from the Netherlands, is actually Deutsch as a misrepresentation of a German person. But if, if, if you were to take that, my word for that, at this point in proceedings, I would then try to sell you a bridge. <laughs> but I still think I'm right. I just don't expect you to trust me. 12.29 is the time. Rectangular tellies. Why do we call the Dutch the Dutch Dutch? Uh, days of national mourning. And why does it hurt more in the cold? It, I, I think it does. But of course, you're probably welcome to ring in and say, no, it doesn't actually hurt more in the cold. But the reason why you think it does is X. Um, Corpsey makes a valid point about my uh, on-air application to do a bit of work at Classic FM. He says, are you sure you could stay quiet long enough to reach the end of a movement? I'm not sure I could... uh, I'm not sure I could stay quiet long enough to reach the end of an overture, Corpsey, now that you point it out. That might be a slight flaw in my plans. It's only on days when I'm feeling very at one with the universe, perhaps, I could just come in and spin a few platters. Uh, there's some questions still in need of answers, but there's still plenty of room for you to put a question on the board. 03456060973 is the time that you need. Holly Harris is here now with your headlines. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC. 12.34 is the time. This one's got a funky beat. How about, how about classical music, but with the presenter being all charming and erudite, talking over the top of the music occasionally? Like, like when I do a commentary on the, on the, on the House of Commons. Or, no? no uh. Yeah, I did just suggest live on air that I could improve Mozart's Requiem by talking over it. I think I need a new producer. <laughs> we can't let this stuff go out live on air. You can't... I, I just... <laughs> 12.35 is the time. Jim's in Sheffield. Jim... Can you introduce some maturity? Hello. Can you introduce some maturity to proceedings, please? Question or answer? I'll, I'll do. Uh, it's a question. Okay, carry on. Um, do pre-talking babies, i.e. in the sort of babbling phase, do they know what they're saying and what they're going to say, or is it just like a spasm, completely random? I don't quite understand the question. I mean, they make a noise for a specific reason sometimes, so they might be trying to tell you that they're hungry. 
Yeah, but, but I've, I've, I've got a 10-month-old and I she'll... Thought, I thought she'll you might. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and she's, she says all sorts of things, but I'm just wondering, is she conscious what she's saying? Or is it just complete? Does she open her mouth well, I think, and I think come out? I think the answer is yes and no. I appreciate that's not supremely satisfying, but sometimes <laughs> she will be trying to articulate externally something that she understands internally, and sometimes she will just be burbling. Right. Does that answer so your a, question? Well, yes and no answers my question. Yeah. That was what I thought. Yeah. Um, but but so I'm, I'm not going to take a round of applause for it because, I, I, I mean, I'm working it out with you as we speak. So maybe someone with a bit more paediatric expertise will be able to tell us because, because there'll be a point. There must be a point. There's a curve. It must be a graph, mustn't it? From utterly incomprehensible yeah. gurglings to first words. There must exactly. be. We well, presume she, there's an, a, a, an improvement on that process. Yeah, she can she can say dada and mama already. Oh. Uh, I don't oh. think we can guess what that means. Oh. But um, but a lot of it is incomprehensible, and I'm just wondering if she said she knows that I'm I'm just going to scream or I'm going to say something. I'm wondering if she knows or if it's just completely random. I love this question. I don't know if there is an Thank answer. You. No, I really do because it just like I said, the more you think about it, the more you find yourself wondering. Um, but I don't know if we'll get you an answer. We'll certainly try. Do, do babies know what they want to say when they say stuff? Ever. We need to say ever. Do babies ever know what they're trying to say, even though they can't actually say what it is that they want us to understand? Debbie is in Bulldog in Hertfordshire. Debbie, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Deborah. Uh, it's the numbers on top of police cars. Oh, yes. Um, it is what you thought it was. They basically say they're identifiable from the helicopter. Each number represents a force. Oh. So 41 would be Hertfordshire. So, okay, no, that's, that's what he wanted to know. So it would say 41 so and then you'll have another cross, number to identify yeah, the car. Cross-border. Cross yes. Then they can be tracked on the helicopter. But it doesn't just say 41. It says 41 and then a number so I know what car yeah, it is. Uh, is. There's some letters. I don't know what the letters mean. But uh, I know the number. The number is for the force. But the letters, I think, reflect the registration plate. It might do. I don't know. No, nor do I. It doesn't matter. Qualifications? I <laughs> Qualifications? Uh, I used to work in the control room at Hots Police. What, taking the 999 calls or sending out? Yeah. Uh, really? Both. Was it yeah, stressful? Not at the same time, obviously. No, yes, very. I can imagine. Very stressful. Another one of those jobs. When you when you run out of resources. Well, and yes. you've got nobody to send. Yes. Well, I don't do it anymore. No, well, <laughs> I was going to say it's another one of those jobs that we never give a thought to, but um, but should anyway. Here's a round of applause to make up for it. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Melanie's in Canterbury. Question or answer, Melanie? Hello. Hello. There's a question. Yes. Um. Where do birds go in a storm? Any port. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, as in seabirds or... No, no, no. Um, garden birds. Well, they go and sit in, in a tree, don't they? Well, they don't. Do they not? Look up to the trees now. There's a storm blowing in Canterbury and there's no birds in trees now. Are you sure? I mean, yeah, actually... All right, yeah. Okay, where do birds go in a storm? Because they're not flying around and you don't think they're in trees. They're probably in a hedge. <laughs> well, some, I'm trying to think logically and imagine that I'm a bird, which is not necessarily something you can do at the same time. But if you were a bird, you'd want to stay low and you'd want to stay hidden. So you, they're probably all in your hedge. Have you checked your hedge? Have you got a hedge? I've got a hedge. And, go, and give um, it, go and give it a shake. 
<laughs> see how many birds come out. Because you know what they say. A bird in the bush is worth two in the... Ha- no, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That probably is relevant here as well. Could be, yeah. But I don't know. I shall find out for you. Where do all the birds go in a storm? Thank you, Melanie. 12.40 is the time. Anyone else got a block drain? So it drives me potty. I, 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 I put half a litre of hydrogen peroxide down my block drain last night before bed. You can tell the family are away because I'm talking to you as if I haven't spoken to a human in 24 hours. Uh, I put half a litre of hydrogen peroxide down the drain last night and it hasn't shifted at all and I don't know what to do now because I, I can't put my hand in and start having a rummage because it's still full of hydrogen peroxide. So what am I going to do? It's an outside drain. It's, it's right up to the brim. Oh, dear. Daniel's in Preston. Daniel, question or answer? It's a question. Oh. I know. Um, right. When they put satellites up into space, how did they keep him in orbit for as long as they need them to? What do you mean? You know, like, when they put satellites to... Well, don't just, don't like, just repeat G- it. I, I understand no, for, what you for, said. For, like, G- I know what the GPS words mean. For yeah. GPS and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, they'll need to be a certain distance from Earth, won't they? And they'll be in orbit. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, but, but once it's in orbit... Just floating around, what, what, what's keeping them in, in orbit type thing when they're up there? What's stopping them just floating off to Pluto or somewhere like that? Well, or, you know. the, the orbit is, is, is the answer. But surely there's more to it than that because they've got, to, they've got to stay up there for a length of time, surely. Yeah, but once you're in orbit... You don't need any propulsion or, or, you know, it's that's how planets work. You might as well ask what happens if the... Why doesn't the Earth float away? Why does yeah, the Earth... I think, I, hang I on, I'm being clever, I'm being it. clever, I'm being clever. You might as well ask why the Earth stays in orbit around the Sun and doesn't just float off into the solar system. It's the same yeah, answer. Yeah, but the Earth's a bit different. But, why, um, why, why? Well... Um, satellites, obviously, because they, they do float off, don't they? They, they, I, they become space junk after a while, don't they? I don't know that they do, actually. They get so they decommissioned. Space junk. Well, they but might, they... some might, but if you wanted it to keep in orbit, I think it would. Would it? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know I don't you know don't. That's that why you've rung in, I'm telling you. I don't know whether that answers the question. Well, why does Earth stay in orbit around the sun, then? That's a little. I think that's a little bit different because of the way the Earth works. But satellites. Well, this is the way the satellites work. work, in exactly the same way as the Earth. So you got. They do become space junk. Well, are you got, I think you need to get over the space junk angle. No, I don't know. Right. It'd be I'm, interesting well, if somebody knows. Well, I, I think somebody does. Okay. Do you want a bit of Swan Lake before you go? A bit of Swan Lake? Yeah, can do. Yeah. Just don't talk over it. Why not, mate? It's what I do. It's what I do. Because <laughs> he won't improve it. Are you joking? You think Tchaikovsky's got it nailed? Excuse me, I used to do hospital radio. So... Oh, I uh, take it back. I, on that session. Well, what, do, you, what, do you want to introduce some Tchaikovsky then? Okay. Go on. Right, here's some Tchaikovsky on LBC. Oh, that slaps. <laughs> David's in Stroud. David, question or answer? It's a question, please, James. Carry on, David. Having having tuned in last week for Mystery Hour and it being shoved off by the reshuffle... Yeah, flipping way. Well, it wasn't the reshuffle. Yeah, I could have lived with the reshuffle, mate. It was Sajid Javid resigning without checking what day it was. Exactly. 
How unthoughtful. Yes. Um, he resigned from the cabinet, but why is it called a cabinet? Oh, I like it. Do they meet in a small cupboard or something? Or Well, no, you know they don't. It's not as well, disappointing as Cobra, is it? Cobra. No, Everyone thinks true. Cobra stands that's for true. something really cool. It stands for Cabinet Office Briefing mm. Room A. It's ridiculous. Hey, right. It's only 20th century that the modern, like what we have now as a cabinet existed. But why it was yeah, called well, the cabinet probably yeah. does mean that originally there was a... You had the Court of Star Chamber. Then you had a... Cl- no, I don't know why I'm trying to answer it. I haven't got a clue, nor have you. Let's put okay. it on the board, see what happens. Okay. I've got some other names for them, but... Um, yeah, well, we all have that, but this is a family programme, and uh, there's only so much Tchaikovsky a man can play in the space of a programme that's not supposed to play any music at all. Why is the cabinet called the cabinet? 03456060973. Why do we call the Dutch the Dutch, not the Hollanders or the Netherlanders? Uh, days of national mourning, babies babbling, cold and pain. Quite a lot to get through, actually, given that it's now 12.45. You are, however, listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. In 120 years of its existence, Labour has held power for only a quarter of that time. A fact Tony Blair shared in a speech warning that without change, the party could be over. Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. 12.48 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Um, I, I wasn't actually asking for advice on how to unblock my drain, but I'm very grateful to everybody for getting in touch. I, 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 do, I do know my way around a, a, a rod. Uh, Thomas is in Brixton. Thomas, question or answer? Uh, I've got an answer for you, actually. Carry on, mate. Uh, yeah, basically, it's about the satellite question. Um, you might be surprised to know, actually, that mm. they actually do require um, some movement when they're actually in orbit to prevent them from falling out the sky. Ah, yeah, basically, uh, what, what they require is um, they actually have their own fuel supply, and uh, they sort of using, I can't exactly remember how the mechanism works, no. um, but basically they have to um, sort of rotate using some sort of jet propulsion system. Okay, um, yeah, so they will and, uh, run out of fuel eventually then. Yeah, and I can't remember, I think after a certain amount of time, they actually do have to decommission them. So sort of, I think if you know about those, uh, you know, you had the Skylab space station, which was then decommissioned, that was a number of years and ago. that's where the space junk angle comes from. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but have you told me anything I didn't already know? I mean, the question <laughs> is, how do they stay in orbit? Well, this is the thing, you know, they have to um, sort of, they have to, once in a while, they have to be sometimes, I think, um, uh, by... Uh, I don't know, really. So if, this was, think... if this was a Brexit phone, and I'd now repeat your words back to you and go viral. <laughs> but it's not, well, so this I is won't. The thing. Um, <laughs> all I can offer you in terms of an answer is that they do actually have a Some jet form of propulsion, and that, they, and that will be part of the... So they do have some sort of engine. I mean, it must be minuscule, though, because how much yeah. fuel could it carry? It must just... Ne- I'm going to need more, Thomas. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no worries. I hope that's the start, though. It is, it, yes, it is. I, I, and I'll give you a snatch of applause. Or actually, would you rather have a little bit of classical music? Yeah, go on then. Or what would you like? A snatch of applause or a little burst of something rather classical? Uh, I need my ego boosting. A bit of applause would be great. Oh, all right, then carry on. So that's enough. Hey. I'd have played you longer if you'd asked for some classical music. I might just give you another burst before home time. Sanjay is in Harrow. Sanjay, question or answer? Uh, James, answer, please. Carry on, Sanjay. So this is about the babbling. Oh, yes. So babbling in itself doesn't represent any sort of uh, words or meaning to the child because they're obviously, at this age, practicing their movements in their mouth and their lungs, moving their tongue up and down, back and forth, just to sort of make sound and just um, 
uh, getting uh, uh, that coordination going. Yes. But interestingly, uh, if I recall, the person who asked the question said they were nine months baby. Ten, ten months. Ten months. Ten months. Okay, yes. fine. So at ten months, they will start to make associations with their babble sound with things that they mean. And the pharaoh, if I can give a quick tip to boost that, what they can do is they can actually help the child by actually making those words complete. So, for example, if the child, if the parent has a dog or the child's favorite toy is a dog, then you could actually have the dog and say to the child at high level, dog, you know, showing the dog. And sort of say, you know, make a sound of the dog, like woof, woof. And what the child will do is connect that babble into words as it develops. And that speeds up their language. Okay, so so the answer was yes and no. Sometimes they will be trying to articulate something specific, but, but for which they can't currently do, and other times they won't be. They'll just be making nice noises so, and reveling in the in the in the sort of agency of making sounds and noises and sure, discovering. But, things. Yeah, the only caveat I'll put there is this age related. So by the time they're eight Ten. nine months, yes. they will start to connect those babbles. So he is. He, so so that, she is connecting works. her babbles. But prior to that, she. What are your qualifications, Sanjay? I'm a owner and a manager of a children's nursery in Harrow. Cool. Do you love your work? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I've got a fantastic team of 10 staff. They do all the hard work. I take all the credit. Yeah, you just sit there cashing all the laughter. I, I, you know, I well, get asked a lot, what would you do if you weren't doing this job? And I'd never thought of that before. But that would be a lovely thing to do. A really fantastic. lovely thing to do. Yeah, fantastic. You're like a real-life yeah, catcher in the rye. Yeah, and, and you know, when, children, when people say to me, how many children do you got? I'd say 26, and they look at me, and when they say, wow, and I say, yeah, I've got 10, 10 ladies as well, you know. <laughs> of course, what I'm talking about is the children I look after in my stuff. <laughs> Give him a round of applause before he tells any more jokes. There we go. Right, you <laughs> Thank you, Sanjay. Oh, Leslie's in Colchester. The question or answer, Leslie? It's an answer, James. Carry on, Leslie. I'm going to prove you right, though, sadly, oh, about the birds, sorry. where they go in the... No, no. Should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> you know the uh, birds where they go in storms? Yes. Hedges. Aha! Boom! Qualifications? Uh, well, we were lucky enough to move down to the countryside about two years ago. And yes. it's true enough, when the birds, when the storms come, the birds all disappear. So I, we look over farmland, so I asked the farmer. And he told me, and he said, keep an eye out in the hedges when the storms come. Day before, they know the storms are coming. They go out, collect extra food, the birds, because they can tell it's coming. And they hunker and down. They, and they hunker down in an evergreen hedge, which we've got. You can just see them. If you look quietly, they're just all curled up in little balls in hedges. I love it. And, and that was logic, that was. That was me employing Occam's razor well, and working out logic. what was yeah, most likely to be the answer to a question that at first James glance... James Logical O'Brien. That's what go. they call me. That's what James Logical <laughs> O'Crying, if you please. <laughs> Round, uh, round of applause for Leslie, please. <laughs> 12.53 is the time. Great work. Uh, I like that. Um, what else have we got? Rectangular tellies. I've had a lovely answer from Danny John Jules on that. And hasn't my friend Ralph Little done well in um, Death in Paradise? Absolutely storming debut. I mention it because it's Thursday. And Mrs. O'Brien's away, which means I'll be able to watch it properly norm- tonight on normal telly and not have to um, watch it on catch-up. When she's not in. So, uh, Danny John Jules is the reason why I mentioned that, of course, another star of um, Death in Paradise, who's come up with a theory on why televisions are rectangular, but I don't know that we're allowing theories, and you're not supposed to get in touch by text. Jeremy, it says here, is in his car. Jeremy, question yeah. or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Jeremy. Uh, regarding actually why TVs are rectangular. Yes. So there is a simple there is a simple answer and there is a, a more longer a longer answer. Uh, the simple answer is that because 
films are rectangular. Yes. And the TV has always been um, uh, catching up with the cinema technology. Yes. Um, though the further you go back, for example, the Charlie Chaplin's movie was square formats, for example, and the first yes. TV sets were square. So it's to and do with ana- analog film, then. It's to do with the shape of film when it's going through Absolutely, a projector yes. or a lens. Absolutely. So, so there's yeah, no reason. The first... Sorry, carry on. No, no. If you take, if you take the, the further back you go, uh, even in, because afterwards you have the aesthetic also uh, for the, the the aesthetic gets into into account where into the a rectangular picture is yes. able to show you more more things. <laughs> of course, and now 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 it's become so normal. That, I mean, no one would even want a round television. That was a ridiculous Absolutely. question. Absolutely, and if you go back even further to the Victorian time where you had magic lanterns, yes. the pictures were round. They were round. You're absolutely right. What well, beautiful answer. Qualifications. Um, if you've seen the movie Cinema Paradiso, that's yes. pretty much me with my grandfather. Oh. And uh, I've been also studying cinema. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Oh, the yes. producer's telling me to hurry up. I could talk to you for hours about that if you were a, a real-life cinema. Give him a round of applause for Jeremy. Producer's got no heart. There's romance there, man. Dylan's in Birmingham. Dylan, question or answer? Oh, is that me? Well, I don't know. Is your name Dylan? Oh, hello. No, it's not. Oh, well, then it can't <laughs> be you. Are you in Birmingham? I'm in, I'm in, I am in Birmingham, oh, yeah. Oh, no. What is your name? I've got my name wrong. My name is Bilal. Bilal. Yeah. Oh, I think, it's a, I think we've had a mishearing error from mm. the producer who was busy telling me to hurry up while spelling your name wrong on the screen. Question or answer, Bilal? It's an answer. It's about pain. Carry on. Yeah, you're telling me. Okay. <laughs> so, anecdotally, we know that it is. People who come um, with, certainly with chronic pain conditions will tell say that the cold weather is causing a, a flare-up of the symptoms. My, my, my knees start hurting in the cold. Carry on. Yeah, however, the evidence base, so the literature, would suggest that there's no link, oh. but we know that there is, anecdotally, and there are a few theories as to why that happens. Um, give me, give me your favourite. I haven't got long. Uh, my favourite is... Um, <laughs> The cold weather makes people sad, and that increases pain sensitivity. But there's no there's no scientific evidence for it. There's just lots and lots of people who believe it. Qualifications? Um, little... Qualification? No, I'm going to crack on. Sorry. Qualifications? Okay. Physiotherapist. Oh, that'll do. Round of applause. Oh, hang on. No, come back quickly. I think I've got... Yeah. How likely is it that I've got RSI from being on Twitter too much? Um, unlikely. Really? But swiping my thumb all the time? Yeah, and um, that's a whole other discussion. Oh, well, I'll go, I might ring you back. Yeah. Make sure you get his name right before I ask him for a freebie. David is in Amsterdam. Question or answer? Answer. Carry uh, on. Question about Holland. I hope um, so. It was a term. It was a term used from the tenth to the seventeenth century uh, on a former region which uh, consisted of South and uh, North Holland, and then uh, after the seventeenth century. Holland became a bigger trading nation and was formed the Republic of the Netherlands. Yeah, but why do we call them the Dutch? Uh, it's, oh, the Dutch? Yeah. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? So, no, it's not your fault, David. You didn't put yourself through to the programme while telling the presenter to hurry up and not stop to have a lovely conversation. So you, you've rung in with absolutely no answer at all to the question about why we call the Dutch the Dutch. I beg your pardon. But no, mate, it's absolutely not Holland. your fault. And, and the person whose fault it is will now be in the process of trying to blame somebody else. Ross is in Sheffield. Ross, question or answer? Answer. It's about why we call the cabinet the cabinet. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it comes from the 16th, 16th century when they used to describe the cabinet council, which was used as a term of abuse, saying that it was a foreign habit. 
because um, the idea was the Privy Council would meet in a cabinet, which in those times was a small room rather than like... A cabinet, so cabinet. it's a French word. Yeah, and it comes from um, well, the Italian next. as well, Cabinetto. Well, that's next for the Brexiters. I can't call yeah. it Cabinetto, that's a filthy <laughs> foreign word. Ross, be quiet, how dare you? This is Brexit Britain. None of our words have their origins on continental Europe. Henceforth, the cabinet shall be known as the box. Round of applause for Ross. That's it for this week on Mystery Hour. And I'm a little bit late for the handover to Sheila Fogarty. But, but I, I'm dying I... to tell you, I know the answer to Dutch. Oh, go on then. It's Dutch and Deutsche, as in Deutschland. Yes, that's all I thought. Means nation. Ah, the people, the nation. Right, so that's the answer. Old right. English. Would you like a round of applause or a snatch of Vivaldi? Oh, a Vivaldi, of course. Come on. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow morning from 10 on LBC with me, James O'Brien. It's the Sheila. best piece of classical music I ever bought for myself. I'll fight you. I'll fight you for a slot on Classic <laughs> FM. Carry on. They always have flowers in their window and everything, do. and we're just angry Carpet. and gnarly and Carpets. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Smacks. Thank you, James, <laughs> very much. That's calmed me down. Um, a lot of time and energy and column inches are expended on the threat strangers pose to us, but for women, the man we live with, husband, father, even colleague, Mr O'Brien, is massively more likely to harm us. More of that uh, after three. Jeremy Corbyn is visiting flood victims, but where is the Prime Minister? I'm a staunch supporter of, of Boris Johnson, and I believe he's going to be a great man for the country. I really do, a great ambassador for England. Now, I've supported him. Come on, Boris, come and support me. Well, in a speech marking 120 years since Labour Party foundation, Tony Blair has said without fundamental change, the party could be over. He thinks you're still listening just about to what the party has to offer. Are you? And what do you want from it? What change do you want? 